1: to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we're talking with people who are living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. Today, we're talking with Sharon Harris. Sharon is the founder and executive director at Lupus Detroit. She is eternally grateful, joyful, and optimistic missed it. Those are just a few things that people would say if they asked you to describe Sharon Harris. She's had much to be grateful for and smile about after a potentially devastating turn of events threatened to mar not only her dreams, but her health. A month after graduating from Florida A&M University, she was diagnosed with discoid and systemic lupus. Soon after the diagnosis, she had a what if tomorrow is never promised moment? She, shortly after her lupus went into remission, she passed two rigorous interviews and six weeks of training became a flight attendant for Masaba Airlines, which is, was a subsidiary of Northwest Airlines, which is now defunct. Her reasoning was if lupus was going to attack her, it would have to find her on the beaches of Aruba or high above the Eiffel Tower. She enjoyed traveling and the perks of the job, but she set her sights on a new goal. In 2007, she moved south to try her hand at entrepreneurship. She settled in Tallahassee, Florida again and began a career as an eyelash stylist for local entertainers in the area. The removal of five wisdom teeth in late 2008 threatened her health and well-being. She experienced a lupus flare so great that her doctor told her that there was nothing left that he could do. He then patted her on the back and told her, Good luck. And she was forced to move back to her native Detroit. As she recovered, she visited the Lupus Alliance to purchase a T-shirt to wear in an effort to raise awareness about the disease. Not only did she leave the office with an adorable T-shirt, but also a rewarding career as, a, as the first uh, public relations specialist and then the public relations director for the Lupus Alliance of America, Michigan, Indiana affiliate. In the spring of 2011, Sharon launched Pretty Disabled, a T-shirt line aimed to empower those stricken with a chronic illness. She grew tired of hearing those being diagnosed with chronic illness as being referred to as patients and sickly. Her T-shirt line reinforced to some and reminded others that they were warriors and divas. Black Magazine in Michigan covered the event, and in 2012, still not satisfied with lupus awareness in the city and surrounding areas. She stepped out on faith and created Lupus Detroit. Its mission is to educate the community about lupus and to provide emergency financial assistance to those in need. Sharon, welcome to the show. How are you today?
2: Thank you. As you were reading, Michelle, I'm like, oh, my God, who is she talking about? That can't, be me. <laughs> that can't be me, but I am wonderful. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Thanks so much for your support. Um, I appreciate it. Lupus warriors everywhere appreciate it, which, which is grateful. We're just grateful. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for you.
1: I, my first time that, and I, I've shared this with you before, when I first learned about lupus, I worked at, um, I worked at a bank. And one of our coworkers, I mean, she was having problems. And, you know, they were like, oh, and you know, she's this and that. And people, I mean, they claimed everything was wrong with her, but mm-hmm. no one bothered to find out. Mm-hmm. And when she went to her doctor, she was diagnosed finally with lupus. And, again, that lack of knowledge was there because you saw some people were like, oh, she's not coming back. We can't catch it, you know, or what is that? Mm-hmm. And they didn't understand what lupus Was and I mean that ignorance. I mean it was just like you know instead of like yeah I know really I mean Mm -hmm. you know instead of Mm railing around and supporting you know someone it was it was like she felt even more ostracized.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm Mhm. Yeah, because people don't take the time to understand. You know, it's Mm -hmm. very it's easy to I guess make fun and poke fun of of people when they're going through or when they sick when they're sick and people tend to get that mob mentality you know, about it instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, trying, like you said, trying to help and be supportive. They'll rather stick together with their cronies and, you know, point fingers and say that it's contagious and, you know, things like that. And that's not a way to support a
1: person when they're going through, when they're already,
2: you know, they're not feeling their best and they don't know what's coming next. And that's not a way that you support people.
1: And I know, too, like you said, like the, the awareness, how people don't understand what it is and they and they don't know. I was know reading and then, you know, and that they said that African-American women are three times more likely to get lupus than white women. And it's also, co- I mean, and it's like an equal opportunity disease. I mean, it's common in Latinos, Native American, Asian, anyone can get lupus. And basically, it's like, uh, hmm. To break it out, it's like a chronic inflammatory disease that occurs when your body's immune system attacks its own tissues and organs. So it's like right. not only do you have to deal with these people with these biases, but your body is attacking you.
2: It's, it's attacking itself, and because not much is known about lupus it takes upwards of four years for a person to be accurately diagnosed with the disease. It took mm-hmm. doctors two years to actually diagnose me. I had been having stomach problems um, for two years. I was a student in mm. Florida. And the ER doctors, they would just pass me from one doctor to another. They would give me pills to quiet my stomach, but... The next couple of days, I was back in the ER having the same problems. And it wasn't until uh, my mother came down in December of 2001 for graduation. And she and I, um, we play a lot. And she looked at my face, and she said, Sharon, what's wrong with your face? And I said, well, Mom, what's wrong with your face? And she goes, no, <laughs> I'm serious. Because my nose, my eyebrows, and my ears had turned the color um, like the inside of my hand. Mm. And Michelle, I've always been a person to wash my face twice a day in the morning and at night. But because of the stress that I had put myself under to do well in college, to find employment after college, and just, you know, making reservations and arrangements for everyone to come down to Tallahassee for graduation, I didn't notice that my face was turning colors. So I said, well, Mom, um, once I make it back to Detroit, I'll go to the doctor to see um, what was going on with me. So she said, you know, okay. So once I moved back to Detroit, I went to Henry Ford Hospital, and when the dermatologist looked at me, um, she said, you have discoid lupus. Mm. I have never heard of lupus before. And I just thought it was amazing that she could give me a preliminary, you know, diagnosis just by looking at me. And we did um, a skin biopsy. And at the time, I just thought it was the most inhumane thing. She had me sit down, and she took a piece of my skin from my eyebrow. You know, she took it from there because she said it will be less noticeable. She sewed up my, my face and mm-hmm. she's doing this, um a single tear trickled down my face and and she asked, you know what? What's wrong, you know, why are you crying? And I just couldn't articulate, you know, what I was feeling at that moment. And she said, this is a lot, isn't it? And I said, yeah. Yeah. Doctor, this is this is a lot because I was 21, 22, and you know, people uh, are so well-meaning but they never tell you to be aware of chronic illnesses growing up. You know, you're told to mind your manners, to be a good person.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Says that, you know, upon graduation from college, which is supposed to be one of the highlights of your life, that you may be diagnosed with this illness that you'll carry with you forever. And so she she truly knew it that day, Michelle, when she said this is a mm-hmm. lot to deal with, because it was. You know, I don't know my thinking at that time. I don't know what I was expecting to hear. You know, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. from her, but I don't think it was an illness. Well, I'm sure it was an illness. And she said, well, while we're doing the skin biopsy, let's do blood work. And so they did, oh, my God, an incredible number of um, vials of blood work that day. And February 1st, 2002, um, I got the phone call that I was diagnosed with both discord and systemic lupus. Um, I didn't know what to think. I just remember the doctor saying, you know, you have to come back in so we can get you started, you know, with medications. And that February had 28 days. In 28 days, I lost 30 pounds in 28 days. Wow. My hair started to fall out. My knuckles were so swollen and painful. Mm -hmm. I was unable to walk downstairs. Um, And I just remember, just went out, spent, endless number of hours on the couch i remember being on the couch a lot because my bed Mm -hmm. um, was so uncomfortable um it was definitely um it was a change because my mom's house that's like the meetup house where you know Mm -hmm. aunts uncles cousins come and it's always bustling with fun you know energy and laughter but now because sharon was sick everyone had to be quiet Mm. And I just really thought that, um, you know, I took that personally because it's like because of me, dang, now everybody has to be quiet, you know, and rally well,
1: around me. Well, you know, I you know I, I think that the other thing that I find interesting is like Florida A&M is a historically mm-hmm. black, a historic black college. college. Mm-hmm. And you would think that because this affects three times more uh Uh, likely African-American woman than anyone else, that you would think that you had to come back to Detroit to get this diagnosis, and you're there, you're going back and forth, back and forth, that somewhere in that community, somebody, you know, should know about it. I mean, there should be, like, research or or something going on, you know, if not in a historical black college about a Mm -hmm. a disease affecting black people, then where? I mean, you know, that part was just like...
2: Mind-boggling. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think, Michelle, maybe, um, like you said, maybe I should have reached out to folks on campus. See, Instead, I went to the the hospitals. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned since then from lobbying in D.C. that med school students receive an equivalent of two hours of uh, education on autoimmune diseases. That means Mm -hmm. they're learning about the over 130 autoimmune diseases in two hours. Impossible. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so, you know, they're learning about lupus. They're learning about Graves' disease, multiple sclerosis, uh, myasthenia gravis, all in two hours. It's cramming to these mm-hmm. two hours. And as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, just not a lot of awareness. So they had no idea what to look for. And, you know, I thank God that it started to manifest on my face that that's what gave the doctor in Detroit alarm. Because, you know, it could have continued to attack my kidneys, my liver, my lungs. Because the thing with lupus, it can attack any organ in the body. They Mm -hmm. say that lupus warriors are like snowflakes because none of our symptoms are the same. You know, I've never had heart involvement with my lupus, but a lot of my friends have. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: A lot of folks don't have the skin involvement like I do. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, just not not a lot was known. And I guess by Detroit being a larger um, city, Um, with more resources, and they took more time with me. Um, That's why I was fortunate enough to have a diagnosis in the two years instead of the four.
1: So what's the difference between discoid and systemic lupus?
2: Great question. Um, Discoid lupus is lupus of the skin, and Mm -hmm. systemic lupus is lupus of the blood.
3: Mm-hmm. And the
2: symbol for lupus is a butterfly because of the butterfly mm-hmm. rash on a person's face. And I've had that. I don't know if you've um, seen pictures. I've had that very mm-hmm. prevalent on my face, being that I'm dark skinned and the butterfly rash was, was very light. And so the, the a person's cheeks are the wings of the butterfly, and the nose mm-hmm. is, is the body, hence the mm-hmm. butterfly rash. And so I've had that... Um, very prominently on my face a couple of years ago. And I took pictures and everything because, you know, when your body is going through these transitions, well, I just couldn't believe it, Michelle. was like,
3: mm-hmm. are you serious?
2: Are you? I have this butterfly rash on my face. I can't believe that my hair is falling out by the handful. You know, so I was going undergoing so much change that really I had to document it for myself. <laughs> You know, and it was a lot being a young woman going through those changes because, you know, you're in your early 20s, you know, you're semi or very self-conscious about what you're, you know, about what you look like. But it was the craziest thing that even, as you mentioned in my bio, when I moved back to Tallahassee and started to get sick again, I just got so many compliments, which I think is is so funny. I I just think it's, it's so funny. I just got so many compliments when I just thought that, I was not the prettiest girl in the world at that time. When one of my friends had to um, come home, I think, for a holiday, one of my friends dropped, dropped me off at the Tallahassee airport, and I still pray for this guy um, to this day. His name is Emmanuel. And he was a Creole guy from New Orleans, and he was one of the skycaps in uh, Tallahassee. And they put me in, in a wheelchair, and my friend, she, she told Emmanuel, she said, now look. You have royalty. This is precious cargo. You make sure oh, she gets to Atlanta, man. then you make sure you, she gets to Detroit. She said, I remember your name. It's Emmanuel. Don't let me have to come back up here. And I remember. I was <laughs> too weak to laugh. But in my little spirit, I was just laughing. Oh, I was just laughing, Michelle, in my little spirit. And he introduced himself. You know, his name was Emmanuel, And he said, um, I guess he could read me, you know, because I was very self-conscious about how, how I looked. And he said, I see what's on your face, but you're still pretty. And he pushed me on through the at the airport and um he put me near the the reservation kiosk and he said, I'll be right back. He said, I have to tend to something else and I'm gonna get you on the plane. So he saw me reaching for my bag for like my C D player or something. But you know, he I mean he just made sure I was comfortable. But that stuck with me because out of everything that I was going through that day, he made a point to say, But you're still pretty. It's okay. Mhm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I met, I met a lot of angels like that along my walk i um, with lupus. I remember one time they the a store, and the store, um it's in Detroit, downtown, and the the little party store is now closed, and the woman behind the counter, she said, it's going to be okay. She said, you're fine. Mm. It's okay. And this is not even me saying that, Um, and sometimes, Michelle, I would, when I saw people looking at me with the butterfly rash, I would try to cut them off real fast and say, I have lupus, you know. But with, in these instances, I didn't even have to get it out because they were like, you are still an attractive lady. So, you know, this is going to pass. It's all right. And really I think that during those times when I was going through with lupus, I was actually reaping what I had sown in my teenage years, in in adulthood, and as a child because I've always been a caring person, and I always believed in inclusion. You know, if that's Mm -hmm. how one of my best friends, that's how she and I met because she was a new girl um, in school. She came um, to my school in either sixth or seventh grade. And I remember her going to eat by herself. I'm like, no, Ebony, you come sit with us. I don't want anybody Mm -hmm. to feel left alone or feel like they didn't belong. And so I think that um, grace that I show, that show, that I had shown on people. Well, you know, it's
1: so good, like you said, how you said you were reaping it, because, I mean, you have a doctor. The doctors are saying, you know, like, hey, nothing we can do, good luck. And, you know, mm-hmm. so sort of like, you know, washing their hands of it. And the fact that mm-hmm. you had, you had sown these seeds, and it was just about the time when they were ready to, to like, what pay you, like, tough. You know, all of a yeah. sudden, this love started to, to sprout mm-hmm. from the seeds you had sown throughout your life.
2: Yes, yeah. and that's what's carried me. Oh, Michelle, I'm crying. I'm
1: sorry. And honestly, that's mm-hmm. what carried me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, I so respect about because it's been easy. You know, it's been easy to sort of say, oh, I've got to deal with this, but you give, and it comes back to you. And I think that that's in part the message for people who 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 are with it, like you know, and that that you have that it's not in that power, you know. The doctors don't have that power, the power. you yeah, know, because
2: you know. The doctors
1: see, don't have that power.
2: They, they don't. And I encourage people. That's why it's called a doctor's practice. They're practicing. Mm-hmm. They don't have mm-hmm. the last say so in anything. Growing up, um, my mother would always say, "Charity begins at home and spreads abroad." And so that's what I've always carried with me. Charity begins at home and spreads abroad. And I remember having a pastor say, as long as you take care of God's people, God will take care of you.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
2: hear the stories from other warriors who say, you know, that their their family doesn't understand. They've been outcasts. See, Michelle, that has been my experience.
3: Mm-hmm. I've
2: always been shown love. Always. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it feels to be mistreated. The enemy tends to unite people. At least that's what I told my friends and family. You know, when Lucas came, they were united. They didn't fall apart, they came together. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the only child. I'm my aunts and uncles' only niece.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm my
2: cousin's only female cousin. And so, you know, they really came together and rallied around me to make sure that I was comfortable. And see, you know, whatever you put into a child, that's what comes out. Love has always been instilled in me. So that's what I give, and so that was the basis for me starting Lupus Detroit five five years ago. Worked for another Lupus organization, and they were situated in Saint Clair Shores, and the folks that ran the organization just had no interest. I felt to go a step further.
3: Mm-hmm. There's
2: absolutely no interest, but that step further meant including more people, more pro- programming to help other people. And I approached, well, myself and the general executive director approached um, the board of directors to start a fund to assist financially because, you know, if you have lupus, you know what it is. You don't need not another brochure, not another piece of literature. To tell you what lupus is, you're living it every day. People need help with their medical bills. People need help um, with their uh, medications, with their mortgages, with their rent. You know, it, it's hard out here for the people with chronic illnesses because you don't know how long you can work. You know, your lupus flare can last from three months to three years, so you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And so when our, our request was declined, I said, well, you know, I've done some really phenomenal things here at this organization. Let me just strike out and start my own. So that's what
1: I did, Michelle. Well, and, that, and like you're saying, like, the research is great. I mean, it's important mm-hmm. that the research goes on, but mm-hmm. there are there's those, those day-to-day mm-hmm. things that you have to deal with. And yes. like you said, like, if you can't work, mm-hmm. yeah, if you can't work or well, life goes on, like, Like I said, you went home to your mom and you were sleeping on the couch because the bed wasn't comfortable. Some people, they might have something, but if the bed isn't comfortable and you need to replace that bed or you need to have something, these are day-to-day things. And I think that often, you know, the organizations and and foundations and they do good work in 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 attacking the research, but they forget about the day-to-day and only someone who has walked that walk. Mm-hmm. can look at, at someone and say, you know, my sister, I understand that this is what you need today so that you can continue to be this warrior.
2: Right, right. You need some some em- empathetic folks, you know, people that have been down that, uh, they've been down that path. You know, mm-hmm. I'm in constant contact with, with warriors, you know, here in the city of Detroit and beyond. And, and I see it, you know, people, <clears throat> some of them looking for um You know, soup kitchens and folks that give away groceries. You know, a lot of folks have to swallow their pride to do what they need for their families.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: so we just wanted to make the way a a little easier, you know, a little easier. And even, and I always say that Lupus Detroit, Michelle, that's God's ministry. I don't Mm -hmm. know if anyone that woke up and said, ooh, I want to have lupus today or cancer. I don't know those people. You know, when I used to wake up, well, I'm sorry, when I woke up, I said I wanted to be Oprah Winfrey. You know, that was my goal mm-hmm. upon graduating mm-hmm. from college. It was not, you know, mm-hmm. being diagnosed with lupus and starting a nonprofit. That was not on my radar at all. But one thing that I've always been is obedient.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, I, I recognize God's voice, and I heard his voice clearly when he said, um, You can do this on your own. So that, and, you know, and he's with me. And I can see God's footprints all over Lupus, Detroit. You know, last mm-hmm. year our walk that we hosted in September. Now keep in mind, Michelle, we don't have a staff, we don't have an office. But what organization 4th your nonprofit raised is over thirty seven thousand dollars. Mm. That's nothing but mm-hmm. God. That's nothing but mm-hmm. God and, and to have over eight hundred people attend Mm-hmm. You know, and we just all, we find um, Grace with the Detroit Police Department, Officer Paul Sahadi. He comes and he makes sure that, you know, and he brings other officers and makes sure that, you know, we're safe. We walk, you know, along the street a mile around um, New Center Park. You know, just make sure that everything's intact, make sure that everything mm-hmm. flows. Um, City Council President Brenda Jones has come, you know, mm-hmm. to encourage people. I mean, we just really had great people, you know, great sponsorships, you, you know, you come to our luncheons and mm-hmm. participate and support us. I mean, and people do this out of the goodness of their hearts. Mm-hmm. And so we can use the money that we use to help fund people's um, rent, you know, pay their rent, and mm-hmm. get them their much-needed medication. So, I mean, we have just really been fortunate. And mm-hmm. and it's, it's funny because I'm I'm a pusher. I'm I'm aggressive, mm-hmm. Michelle. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm extremely aggressive, and God has shown me that, honey. I'm I'm in this. You don't have to push. You know, you you don't have to shake the tree to make things fall out. I'm going to make it happen. You know, one year, um, when I worked at the Lupus Organization, um, Cassandra Spratling. She just happened to call the office, and I just happened to answer the phone, and she said that she was doing a story about lupus. And, bam, I was on the front page of the Free Press's health section.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I mean, really, you know, just, just that simple. You know, mm-hmm. just just like that. Didn't have to push, pull, cry, even make a phone call to the press release. You know? So, I mean, just things, just things like that. And anyone can tell you I'm really not in it. Believe it or not, I'm the most introverted extrovert you'll ever meet. I'm really not in it for um, the accolades or the awards. I was um, – selected to speak about lupus for ABC Online. Well, I wasn't looking for that. It just happened. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I've been a Mich- Michigan Chronicle, top 40, under 40, and two weeks ago found out that I am a one, woman of excellence in Chronicle. So, I'm, you know, I just, mm-hmm. as, as my mom says, I, I just have a favor on my life. And however you look at it, God's going to have this way. And so this is really God's ministry, because I can mm-hmm. think of a hundred other things, Michelle, that I'd rather be doing, <laughs> you know, that I'd rather be doing. Mm-hmm. However, God said, no, this is for you right now. As long as you continue to take care of my people, I'll take care of you.
1: And Michelle, he has. God is faithful. Uh-huh. God is faithful.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Well, with that, we're going to take a short break. And, um, and then we're going to get back, and I want to talk to you a little bit more about more about you and Lupus Detroit and some of the things that you're doing. So we're going to take a short break. You're listening to collections by Michelle Brown. Our guest today is Sharon Harris, the founder and executive director at Lupus Detroit.. <laughs> We're back with more conversation with tonight's guest Sharon Hair here on collections by Michelle Brown. You know, one of the things that, you know, and I know that I, I Facebook messaged you afterwards. It was like how I had gone to see um, Tony Braxton and uh, you know, she has lupus and you know, she had been in and out of the hospital. People thought she wasn't going to come to Detroit, but she did. And you could tell I mean, that warrior spirit, like she was just going to warrior through it. And you talk about how you plant and the love. And the thing was, it was like people sang every song. It was like like mm -hmm. the audience serenading her with love. And Mm -hmm. because they knew it was a lot for her to come back out here, but it was like that warrior spirit, like I'm not going to let lupus beat me. I'm here and did it. And... When I saw her and I saw that response and having talked to you before, that's what I thought about how you talk about how you planting seeds of love. And this was just like a love fest. People sang every song. Uh-huh. <laughs> and at one point, they had to bring a stool out, you know, so she could like, you know, sort of sit down. And mm-hmm. I think that after that, she went back into the hospital. She had another flare-up. But that warrior spirit. And when mm-hmm. I saw that and I thought about you because – you you do have a warrior. Like you said, you didn't give up when it, when you found out. And then you said, hey, if lupus is going to get me, it's going to have to find me, you know, up in the air. Yes. And then I'm going yeah. to start a business. I'm going to do that. In between these, the because you don't get a warning. You know, That's you don't right. get like, okay, well, like on Thursday the 15th, you know, Sharon, <laughs> you're going to get a flare-up. You don't get that right. warning. But you have yeah. like... You go ahead and you and you just do that. You know, yeah, I mean, you yeah. get your wisdom teeth pulled, and guess what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flare up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just
2: slow down and you and you just regroup because everything happens, uh-huh. you know, for a reason. I do believe that. Some years ago, Michelle, I don't know if I was in the Wax Museum. I don't know if I were, if I read something, but I I think I was in the Max, Wax Museum in D.C. and I saw a quote by Michael Jackson. And I'll never forget it. And it goes: if you enter this world knowing you are loved, and you leave this world knowing the same, then everything that happens in between can be dealt with.
3: Mm-hmm. I will
2: never forget that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Love is a powerful drug. People don't don't realize that and they don't utilize it enough. I believe. And like you said about Tony, you can clearly tell she enjoys what she does. You know, you can mm-hmm. you can really um, tell that she enjoys what she does, and that's that's the same for me. I enjoy Lupus Detroit. I enjoy giving back. Um, and the thing is with we warriors, they say that we're type A personalities, that, you know, however we're feeling, we're just going to get the, the task at hand done. But like Tony, I have to sometimes just step back and find my center and quiet myself to recharge. We tend not to rest, which, is, which can be very detrimental. Since the last time that you and I spoke, I've had a second stroke. I had two strokes in a year. Mhm. And so I had to do some reevaluating with with my life. I was working at a job that I didn't particularly um, enjoy that um, I wasn't fulfilled. So I had to step back, you know, center myself, and find other things to uh, make my soul happy. And I just don't believe in working every day for a job or at a company where, where you aren't fulfilled. I don't like this too short, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Life is way too short, and that's one of the reasons why. i um, as you mentioned that in to, uh, 2007 I moved back to Tallahassee because I just wanted to do eyelashes. I wanted to. I, I wanted to be the eyelash queen of the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so that was, so, so that's what I did. I packed everything up, and my um, I had a Cavalier at the time, and just went back south to do eyelashes, and I had a ball. I had an absolute ball, you know. Um, And that's when I had the wisdom teeth pulled. That's when I got sick and the doctor patted me on my back and told me good luck. And even during that time, I had picked up a job at um, ACS um, because I needed the health benefits. Mm
3: -hmm. And I
2: remember my coworkers were so kind. Um, They raised money for me, you know. And even there was one particular supervisor that folks really didn't care for. But he was so kind. I remember him stopping by my office saying, Sharon, we're, we're behind you. Whatever you need, you let us know. You know, and this is someone that my other coworkers and colleagues, they did not care for. So to have this man stop in my office and express himself like that, I was like, you know what, God, uh, they ain't young but you. You mm-hmm. know, because he didn't have to say anything at all. But to give me those words of encouragement to let me know that you know, I had a whole company, you know, behind me was, was great. So I did um, – end up moving back to Detroit. You know, and I Michelle, I was one of the ones, and you heard them. I'm never going back to Detroit. I'm never moving back. <laughs> you know, cause, you know mm-hmm. we all know folks like that. I'm just never going back. But here I am. I came back, and I remember my car sat still packed with television, radios, my clothes, because I just knew that God was going to heal my body, and I was going to go back south. I just knew it. But it's funny um, because, you know, they say when you make plans, God laughs. I'm mm-hmm. sure that oh he he was laughing at me that day, and so yeah I really went through it for about six months. Um, Lupus rendered me unable to walk, you know, it's something very humbling to have your um, cousin, your male cousin, having to literally carry you from the bed to the toilet,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so and so that you know you can use the restroom, you know. I remember my mother spooning with me because I was severely anemic, and you know her body heat, you know, had to keep me mm-hmm. warm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one day, just I'm, I'm going to be brave, and I'm just going to wash my face. Oh, Michelle, I p- took the washcloth over my eyelashes and screamed bloody murder. My eyelashes mm. were hurting. Mm. Just, just sensitive, just sensitive to everything, everything. Um, started chemo. Started oral chemo because the lupus was viciously attacking my kidneys, so my rheumatologist wanted to get me, you know, back healthy, so it, the hair fell out again. I was, you know, wearing wigs.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: it was, it, it was tough. It, it was tough. And later in that year, I started to feel better, so I started looking um, for employment. And so, yeah, when you mentioned I went to the Rupus Alliance to purchase a shirt, and the executive director and I, we just started talking about my background, you know, journalism background. And he goes, um, we well, you know, we're looking for an intern to come and help us out a couple of uh, days a week. Is not paid. But, you know, we just we need to help. So, you know, I wasn't working. So I said, you know, that's fine. I've never been, I think I was about 30 or 31. I said, wow, uh, an intern at that age and not getting paid, mm-hmm. but okay, well, let's go mm-hmm. for it. So as I forwarded him my resume, he said, Sharon, we have to pay you. Okay, mm-hmm. well, turn down money, Michelle. We ain't never turn down mm-hmm. any money. <laughs> You know, and so um, yeah, and I mean, and just favor, just God, because you know, people will, will get you to work for free if they can, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, who says, you know, oh, I'm, we just gonna have to pay you? And so, I, 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 you know, it was a small salary, but nevertheless, you know, I was getting paid and just really letting God use me. And that first year at that organization, I was able to um, amass a million dollars and sponsorships, grants, and and publicity for the Lupus Alliance, a million dollars, Michelle. And like I said, it wasn't me. It was just me doing God's work, being in his will, because I didn't have to push or pull or anything for for that to happen. You know, and that year was the first year that the organization's walk had a media sponsor in over 30 years. It had been around over 30 years. So that was the first year that I was there. I just worked hard. Because I knew Mm -hmm. that um, other people were being helped and encouraged. So, yeah, so my time there was great. You know, it was was great. And then I just stepped off and started Lupus Detroit. And the way that that just came together, you know, I always say luck is for Lucifer. And I can just see God's print all over Lupus Detroit. You know, from our Mm -hmm. first walk to our second walk to our third walk. You know, there was, um, well, there is a group called 112. You've probably heard of them. Mm-hmm. That, were, that was, you know, when I was a teenager up to um, a young adult, and one of their members, Michael Keith, his mother has lupus. And one day I was just on Twitter, and I found out that, you know, they will be coming to Detroit for a concert. So Michelle, me just being me, I decided I'm just <laughs> going to tweak Michael Keith. I'm
3: just going mm-hmm. to him,
2: let him know we're here. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, he replied. And lo and behold, um... I sent a press release to Fox 2 saying that he he was going to be here and he was going to participate in our – we were involved at a health fair at a church. And ironically, and my mother always says this, great things always seem to happen around your birthday. So the um, health fair was at the church around my birthday. So Fox 2 said, well, can you all come in for an interview? that, that Saturday morning. Just like that. So I met him and his manager at Fox 2 Studios. We did the interview, and he showed up at the, the health fair, you know, to meet and greet the folks that were there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Just for me tweeting him back, Michelle.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: you know, things like that just always seem to happen. And even the, um, the Detroit Free Press article that I mentioned earlier, that was during my birthday week um, some time ago, too.
1: I mean, things are always going to happen around March 26th. It's great stuff. You know what? There's something that you you sort of touched on. And your mother, she was the one who looked at your face and said, what's wrong with your face? Mm -hmm. Your mother, you came home Mm -hmm. and you were on the couch. And Mm -hmm. your mother spooned with you to keep you warm. Mm -hmm. And your mother said, great things always happen around your birth. Yes. Does your mother ever talk about, like, when you were born, I knew something great was going to come from you, or I knew you were going to be this. I'm sure she didn't think it was going to take this path, mm-hmm. but is your mother, in a way, not surprised that you are this woman that you've become?
2: <laughs> you know, Michelle, it's so funny that you say that. Um, my mother grew up in Selma, and we all know the background and history with Selma. Mm-hmm. where she was taught to, you know, be seen and not heard. So I, I my mother um, knew there was something, like, she knew there was something special about me, but I think she's kind of amazed because I kind of take life by the horns
3: mm-hmm. and I
2: just, I just go, you know, I just go. Whereas, in contrast, she was taught to, you know, sit down and be quiet. And so I think that... Um, She's always known, as honestly, her siblings have always known that there was something special about me. Um, and what I like about my family is that they were very hands-off in their approach. I mean, you know, they didn't throw me to the wolves, but they've always supported me, mm-hmm. always. Michelle, my mother has always known. I am not a scientist or a mathematician. <laughs> my mother knows <laughs> <noticed>. However, <laughs> I will never forget. I was about <clears throat> 10 or 11, and, you, and we know how it snows in Detroit. You know, mm-hmm. and I never forget. My mother had a, um, she had an escort, and I remember her rocking that car out the snow, in in, in January to take me to the Detroit Science Center. And I said, mm-hmm. "My mom, no, I can't count." And she, you know, I, I'm not, you know, <laughs> very scientifically gifted, mm-hmm. but I remember I, I, there was a period where I wanted to be a scientist, mm-hmm. and my mother did everything she could to expose me to different things that you know revolved around science. And I said, My goodness, I'm gonna show sure if I had a child and I knew they weren't that scientifically gifted, I'm not getting out of my um uh, Ford escort <laughs> in the middle of January, taking her nowhere. <laughs> she she knows she's good at English, she would have gone to her and write in that journal. But she's always she's always encouraged whatever I wanted to do, you know? And I think that um my mother never talked down to me about my dreams. She always jumped in. Mm -hmm. She always jumped in, which I think is so ironic because when I was born, um, the doctors actually took me away from me, took my mother, took me away from my mother for a period of time because when I was born, she was grabbing for me. But she said she was grabbing for me to put me on her chest to ask God to help her, to help her raise me. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: But for, for the first couple hours, I didn't see my mom. Mm. because cause they thought that she was trying to harm me. And mm. so I said, well, Mom, if those doctors can, can see it now, could you do everything in your power and then some to assist me, to guide me along life, mm-hmm. you know. But she, she had an inkling um, that I was, and too, um, my mother always spoke affirmation. You know, now affirmations are so popular. But, you know, Michelle, my mother was doing that to me when I was little. And even mm-hmm. in my high school yearbook, you know, where you can buy ads, that was the quote that she used in the ad. Train a child in the way they, sh- they should go, and when they are old, they shouldn't depart from it. And charity begins at home. She, she had two.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: my mother was all about obedience, all about obedience. And I always tell tell the joke that I didn't see my mother smile because I graduated from high school. my mother was not about the games she was not Mm -hmm. My mother was not about the games and the foolishness and I would say I I saw a laugh when I graduated from college my mother was a very stern person because her mother was stern with her but she knew that by raising me you know I had to have you know a certain amount of freedom and I was a good child I I really was you know I was a, a great student you know and I was all you know I my mother just always kept me around people and situations and programs that uh, catapulted me, that made me think.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You, you know, my mother didn't leave me alone with with the video games and things like that. I was always involved with something, Michelle, a Girl Scout, a top team of America. I played basketball. You know, of course, I wrote for the um, newspaper. I was even one of the, the teen reporters on um, WJLB. So I've just always been active. Mm-hmm. just always been active and always had a goal in mind. has always ha- had a goal in mind.
1: You know, and you that's know. the thing. I, I mean, because people would think of, you know, like I said, you weren't sickly. You were active. You were always doing that. And, you know, like I said, lupus is equal opportunity. You know, yeah. it didn't go yeah. like, oh, well, let me go find the sick kid. They said, no, this mm-hmm. one's got a lot, of, a lot going on. Okay, she's mm-hmm. out, you know.
2: Mm, mm-hmm. I've always had a, a lot of spunk. I had a friend tell me that I was very spunky. And you know what the crazy thing is, Michelle? I understand why, why God selected me to go through this. I truly mm-hmm. under, I, I get it now. You know, initially, you don't, you don't understand why you know you're going through this and that hair is falling out and yada, yada, yada. God selected me because I'm obedient, and he knew that he could get this ministry accomplished through me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I've never fought God with, with anything. Never fought him with Lupus Detroit. Okay, Father, send me, I'll go. And um, he's made things happen. You know, today the organization has awarded more than $30,000 in emergency financial grants. $30,000, Michelle, without a staff
3: or a, an office. You know, and that mm-hmm. just
2: goes to show that as long as you're committed and dedicated, God will make it happen. hmm now, was there mm-hmm. a lot of sacrifice? Yeah, because, you know, you know, and I'm glad that I got my traveling out in the beginning. You know, so some of my friends are posting pictures of these fabulous vacations. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I've done that. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm working in, in God's will. You know, not to say that I don't like to go, but, but I do. But you know, I don't feel like I'm missing out on too much. I'm fulfilling mm-hmm. God's will. I'm doing his work, you know. You know,
1: I'm... Mm-hmm. No, uh, and and you are that i mean that that's such a, you know one of the things that i think that that really it's so timely that we're talking about this and that you've done is how you went to you lobbied in congress and the food and drug administration on behalf of those with lupus and like how you were talking about how there's also that that real life day to day things that people need as well as the research mm-hmm. and because of the fear I mean, I could see where some people be like, Well, you know, I don't wanna get diagnosed with this because okay, well, this this whole health insurance thing, they might not do it or you're gonna be mm-hmm. in and out and in and out, you never know when it's gonna flare up and you don't know how bad it's going to be. And that medical expense mm-hmm. I can see where mm-hmm. that could be like daunting to someone, you know, if you when you first get it and I can I can just visualize you sitting there in the doctor's office and they're saying that you, you might have to have chemo, you're going to have to have this, you're mm-hmm. going to have that that, and the other and that's not the time when someone should have to think about medical expenses. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> right. It's about being healed, pulling that family together, that those support systems. What did you tell when you went to, to, to Congress and when you went to the FDA, what did you say to them?
2: And see, that, that was the cool part about it, because I can speak from experience. You know, Mm -hmm. these are things that anybody has has told me. I can tell you uh, from first person how it affected me. And, you know, that really um, makes an impact with Congress. And pretty much, you know, I told them even from the beginning, going back to when I didn't even have a diagnosis, Michelle, and you said the most powerful thing. See, it affected lupus or any autoimmune disease affects you emotionally, physically, psychologically, and also economically. Because as they're trying to figure out a diagnosis, they're prescribing these medications that don't work. Mm. See, initially it was thought that I had Crohn's disease. So they're diagnosing me with all these medications. I'm sorry, they're prescribing all of these medications that I have to pay for Now I'm out money and I don't feel any better. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And see, that's often overlooked when talking about lupus and other autoimmune diseases because they're just prescribing things of what they think it is, you know, and you're not being helped they're hoping that these drugs work, and so I would um express that to the congressmen and you know and their affiliates and When I spoke before the Food and Drug Administration, that was to let them know that hey, these medications the prices are getting out of hand
3: mm-hmm. Now
2: we only had three minutes, and i I made my three minute stretch with pictures and everything because I took <laughs> the pictures that mm-hmm, I took the pictures mm-hmm. you know they had um on a big screen. I mean that was something to speak before the FDA. You know, all these suits, you know, people in born black suits, you're in this in this big room and they have this like huge screen and they're projecting the pictures that I had submitted and you know and they put that little bill on you. Bing you know when your time is up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, people can um afford these expensive medications. And you know, people in the in Congress, they're important to their family just like people that are here in you know, on, on B Wicked, and Mac. You know what I'm Mm -hmm.
0: saying? People, Mm -hmm. you
2: know, we have families and people that love us as well. You know, people with six-figure salaries, their health and well-being is just as important to somebody in Detroit. Bottom line. Mm -hmm. We should all have the same coverage. We should have access to the same care, you know? So it Mm -hmm. was was definitely um, an an experience to go speak to the powers that be about furthering um, coverage. For folks in, in inner cities you know and I did not take that lightly I didn't but once again you know God interceded and, and made that happen so mm-hmm. you know I, I was just glad to contribute and be of support and assistance
1: have you ever gone back to uh, Florida A&M as an alumni and say you know and and, and spoken on campus or with administration about hey somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and to t- and to talk to people like you said, you went to ER but maybe you know some kind of connection or something so that this is where you're going to have African Americans. This might come up again and and, mm-hmm. and to be that that provide a pathway for someone so they didn't have to go through everything that you went through.
2: That I went through. The um I did connect with uh, sam u my alma mater Mm-hmm. And I also hosted, and I still can't believe this happened, a forum last February in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a story for the the town's paper, the Tallahassee Democrat, that was published, and I was on um, two of the local uh, television news stations down there for this forum that I hosted um, last February. It was uh, what every... American Needs to Know About Autoimmune Disease Forum that was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had different vendors from multiple sclerosis, the local multiple sclerosis uh, foundation that was there. We had resources for folks that were looking for work and had autoimmune diseases. Um, a lupus organization there was also present. So what we did is I had different um, specialists come in, Michelle, to speak about how they treat folks with, the different autoimmune diseases. So, you know, we would have a nephrologist who looks after a patient's kidneys, a rheumatologist, you know, that specializes in and jo- joints and their bones. And that was um, a day-long um, event from 9 until 4 p.m. And so that was really great to go back to pretty much where it all started for me, you know, mm-hmm. in Tallahassee, and to be able to advertise and to just have the local media behind it. To have folks come out, you know, and just get more information, because you know, Tallahassee, it does. It's gotten better, but it still lags behind, and um, information about autoimmune diseases. And just to have people come up to you and say, you know, this was great, this was so worth it, this was the best ten dollars I ever spent. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to come, mm-hmm. and it's him because you know what. A lot is being done in, in the larger cities, in the Detroits, in the Los Angeles, in the Miamis, but Tallahassee, it is. It's still being overlooked. Now, there's more awareness out there now, you know, And but the best part about it all is when you can inspire somebody else to say, well, you know, now I'm going to take this information back to my job. Well, you know, now mm-hmm. I'm going to start my own um, nonprofit to get the word out. That's what I want to hear. You know, it's going to go beyond just that day to make change. You know, you know, a lot of people, I always say everybody can do something. You know, everybody might not can be a foot soldier. However, get online and they call your representatives. Get online and start a Facebook group. Everyone can do something, Michelle. Every, mm-hmm. And I know life is busy for us all. Trust me, having two, two strokes in a year, I'm well aware, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that, that life mm-hmm. is busy and we try to do too much. But everyone, or just take a brochure to your church you know take take a, a brochure to your place of employment you know to t- you know tell your friends and family, host a walk, some kind of awareness event. we all can do something. It's up to all of us to get the word out
1: you know one of the other things that 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 first drew me to you was when you mm-hmm. had done the pretty disabled um, t shirts because for some reason, i mean how often do you see people who will park in the handicapped place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you'll see someone get out of the car and and who has yeah. their sticker or whatever and they go in and you'll say, Well, they don't look sick you know mm-hmm. and you don't have to be look sick, you know. Right. I you know, to have right. a chronic disease where where you need it. And it's almost like I, what I liked about the pretty disabled campaign was mm-hmm. like it was almost like you're saying to me, Not only are you gonna be sick but, mm-hmm. you better look bad, too, you know like, and part of being that warrior is like, you know what, no, I'm still gonna get up, put my stuff on, and go and do what I have to do, but it's sort of like this this extra burden, like, oh well, you know, you better look sick and and you better mm-hmm. you better be broke down and and barely right. able to move, and not recognizing that there's so many chronic illnesses. That people can have, and I thought how empowering that is because just like it's a form of love. Because like how you were mm-hmm. talking about how you had the love of your family, you had ch- ch- support from your church, you had love from other people. That on those days when you didn't feel like, you know, they said, "Come on, come on out," yeah. you know, and and mm-hmm. and you, you know, you wanted to do that and to feel good about yourself, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought you know that what? was just great.
2: Thank you, Michelle. I, I appreciate that. I don't know where the. Um, I'm trying to say I can't recall. Well, yes, I do. I, I I get it because a lot of people, as you mentioned, would tell folks with lupus and other autoimmune diseases, "But you don't look sick, so you know you really need to get up and get a job. Get up and do this." You know, it was almost like almost like they were brushing us off. But it's like, no, we're here. We don't look sick, and you know what? We're nobody's patients. So we're not looking for your sympathy. You know, so that was pretty much the um, story behind the, the shirts. And that's even a tagline in, like, the greater lupus um, forum, but you don't look sick. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's almost insulting. You don't know what I'm going through. You know, you don't know what I'm I'm going through. And people want to lessen what you're going through because you don't look like it. And Michelle, let me tell you, I know some of the prettiest women with lupus, I mm-hmm. sure do. You know, I know some of the most gorgeous women with lupus, and, you know, they go about their daily lives, and when they go through it, they look just like their, quote, unquote, well. You know, there's a whole um, battle raging inside of us. That's why they call it the invisible illness, you know. And I just want people to um, not take what we look like as law. Because we're going through a lot. We've been through a lot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's really just take the time to understand what lupus is and other autoimmune diseases are. So you can, you know, empathize. Because this world lacks empathy a lot of times. And going back to the shirts, you know, we have what the diva and the warrior shirts. You know, one thing about it, Michelle, I hate the word diva. Oh, I hate it. I hate the word diva. (laughs) But I I, I really mm-hmm. do. But, you know, women like the word. You know, women truly, truly like the word. You know, like I said, I'm I'm aggressive, so I like that warrior stance. I like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. we really sew those diva shirts because, you know, women, and it, it's a lot when you're going through and you're losing your hair and you can't do the things that you used to do, you know, because we're taught early on that your hair is your glory you know yep. women i taught that very early on and so when you're lo- lo- losing your hair and society is telling you that you're less than that you're not this or you're not that because you know you've lost your hair that takes a toll on women you know and you
1: know that. and it's especially in the black community because let's face mm-hmm. it that was that has been you know the one of the things from way far back you know
0: like mm-hmm. about
1: our hair, you know, they use that to keep us down. Oh, well, you're mm-hmm. less than a woman because you've got yes. that woolly hair. And then, mm-hmm. you know, to divide us and do that. So then, you know, we we invest so much into hair, you know, yes. historically, yes. and even when we don't recognize that, that we're going through that, you know, and then, here this comes, and it takes it, it away mm, from you, you right. know. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes it away from you, and you do it, and you want to, you know, I often tell people, you know, I love that song that Indy Ari does, I Am Not yes. My Hair. You yes, know, I, I am not it. my hair. But mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. moment, I mean, like you said, you're pretty disabled. when you have that moment, and you look, and and my hair, like, I can imagine, your eyebrow, eyelashes hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of like, wow you know it's like stripping everything around you mm-hmm. and I guess I don't really like that world diva but and I think mm-hmm. in some ways I understand it when linked with the warrior it's like mm-hmm. no I am not my hair I am not this butterfly on my face that butterfly on my face is part of my beauty you know yeah. and it's just yeah. like claiming it and it's like looking at that mm-hmm. and yeah, I but- know like phenomenal that that you have between lupus, Detroit, and, and helping people grasp that and do that and to be warriors, to be warriors, to not take it on the chin and go like, and, and between pretty disabled, not let, no, you're not going to put me in that box that I'm yeah. sick, I'm broke down, I'm less than. I am all than. in fact, like you said, you have this challenge that this, it's almost become like a gift that God has given you mm-hmm. to go out mm-hmm. and do this work. And you wouldn't be doing this work if you didn't have lupus.
2: I, I, I would not, and what lupus, the magical thing that lupus has afforded me, it stripped me down and made me bare, meaning mm. everything that society sees as success and the things and acronyms, and am sometimes I'm, sorry, I'm it, that you should have, God is like, Mm-mm. as long as you have me, you're healthy, you know, you have a wonderful disposition, you have a peace about yourself, you, have, you know, just let your light shine, all the other stuff. Let me tell you, Michelle, when I didn't have any hair, I grew into being happy, feeling that mm-hmm. joy. You know, I didn't, it, it, it was just something that you knew that it was from God, that God has touched you to provide for other people, and that I was going to be okay. And even to this day, I, I know I'm going to be okay because God has me. I've seen Him work in too many aspects of my life and see things come together too perfectly. To even doubt that it wasn't God, i'm not that bright i'm not that smart, you know my reach isn't that long, and God just really well I, I allowed myself to see me for who I really was or who I really am with this whole lupus journey you know i'm i I'm, I'm i'm the the victor i'm not the victim
3: mm-hmm. you know
2: i i you know this my story could have turned out so many other ways, but I'm just you know happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a powerful thing when you know what your passion is, when you know what your ministry is, and you know mm-hmm. who's leading the way. Mm-hmm. You know, but God, um, through lupus, he really showed me what I'm capable of and who I am without the outside chatter and the outside voices. So I'm, I'm very fortunate and very blessed. I, I am. And I've met some great people along the way.
1: Okay, well, we're going to take another short break. Um And then we'll get back, and I want to talk about what's coming up with Lupus Detroit and and what you're doing. Um, So we will be right back here with Collections by Michelle Brown
0: and our very special guest, Sharon Harris. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode. And we're back
1: with more conversations with, with tonight's guest. Uh, Sharon, one of the things that I noticed, and I'll tell you there's a couple of things. One of the things mm-hmm. about you is love. And, I, and what really makes me think about, and one of the things that I noticed at your luncheon, last year, first of all, you were busy. I mean, you weren't sitting there being the queen on the throne, but as people came in, you really welcomed them with love. Mm -hmm. And then sitting at the table, I was sitting, there's a family that had um, a child who had lupus. There was um, a woman and her daughter, and there was another lady. And it was like suddenly... There was a Jewish lady. Right? Mm-hmm. But what brought them all together was lupus. But in talking, they became connected. Like the daughter now of a lady who had lupus lived in an area where the Jewish lady had used to live. And okay. the mother was talking about where she lived. And it had been near where Sinai Hospital was. And that was mm-hmm. where the Jewish lady had been born because they had had a kosher Kosher Kitchen, which was new mm-hmm. to me, you know, because I know about uh-huh. Detroit. And then the True. parents were there who were talking about how they met other parents who helped them know how to help their child. So it mm-hmm. was like you built a community. I oh. mean, that's really all you can mm-hmm. say. It was a community that if you said told someone, oh, this is this chronic illness and, and you can have either. The thing that you don't hear is, like, you're going to build a community. And it was a community, but there was also love because afterwards what you heard was, like, at first everybody sat at the table. You didn't know who they were. But Mm -hmm. suddenly they came together and they were exchanging numbers and then Mm -hmm. stories and talking. And amidst it all was you flittering around talking to everybody, (laughs) making everyone (laughs) seem welcome, you know. And having this, this luncheon it's a fundraiser, you were happy to be mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. what uh, <laughs> what so tell us and and it sounds like to me, other than like when you were the lupus Alliance, which was raising money, mm-hmm. but yours went into like making that village to help yeah. the lupus community.
2: And Michelle, I'm laughing because see that's that's why I get in trouble with my board members because I'm always like you said, <laughs> flittering around just, just talking running my mouth here, like, sit down you're doing too especially at the walks, you know. Sit mm-hmm. down. You're doing too much. But what you know, and I think that goes back to me just liking the word inclusion. Mm-hmm. And I think what what gets me is that when people are initially diagnosed with lupus, they don't know what to expect. They're afraid. And I realize that not everyone is as transparent as I am, you know, along their, their lupus journey. And so I just want people to feel like, hey, your family here. You know, this is a no-judgment zone. You know, so just just talk to us. Make yourself at home because, you know, once a person feels comfortable, they'll open up more. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're, we're, we're here for, you know, for people to express themselves, They don't feel like they're being judged because no one knows another lupus warrior like a lupus warrior, Michelle. You know, I can sit and talk to a healthy person all day, but they can only empathize about me saying that my kidneys are failing or that um, my bones are brittle or that my hair is falling out. You know, they can only offer soothing words. Or to talk to somebody that has been through it, like, girl, yeah, wasn't that terrible? And this and this and this happened, and the dermatologist says, this, you know, we have actual receipts for what we go through, you know, Mm -hmm. because we've been through Mm -hmm. it. You know, so my goal at at any function or just in my everyday life, not even aside from the lupus, is just to make everyone feel comfortable and welcome. No one wants to feel ostracized. You know, everyone wants that common connection with someone. You know, that's the basis for a conversation. And then it's even each one teach one. My light can light your light, your light can light someone else's light. We all can be lights in this. So that's Mm -hmm. always been my my end goal for people to feel comfortable and welcoming and and welcomed and understood. People just want to feel understood and loved Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. You know, everyone just wants to feel understood and loved. And so that's. uh, that's what I, I try to um, accomplish. That's the environment that um, that, that I intend to um, put together, you know, just an environment of love. Yeah, but, no, yeah, but
1: that's... Uh, I mean, really. I mean, and, that, and that's what you felt. And that's what you felt. I, I mean, as far as, like, it wasn't... <laughs> it was a fundraiser. It raised awareness. But that's what you found. It was families, people connecting with other people, like you said, who knew about about it because they were living that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, they, you know, they live and they just want someone to connect with.
1: You mm-hmm. know, that's
2: why we have our monthly support group meetings. And so they can come and talk and express and concern because their spouses may not understand, their siblings may not understand, you know, and even throughout people's course of having lupus, they, they find out that they have quite a few fair weather friends. Mm. You know, and and that's hard. You know, that that's extremely um hard about this whole fair weather friend situation because you know that's somebody that you thought would be your friend forever. But because you canceled plans, you know, two days consecutively, you know, now they don't want to be bothered with you. Hmm. You know, and so you know that that's hard for a person. You know, and it leads to depression and you know uh you know, all those things. So, you know, that's why, you know, we're there just to talk them through it, you
1: know, just to talk mm-hmm. them through it. So, you know, before we go into, you know, your coming events, when, you know, because I mean, it's not something that you just sort of go in and say, hey, test me for lupus. Right. right. If, okay. Mm-hmm. But what would you say to someone, you know, if you if you've been suffering for something, whatever, what, what could be a possible trigger where you might want to say, or what kind of doctor should you be looking for? If you're not getting any help from all this other stuff, They think you've got Crohn's, they've got this. What kind of doctor then maybe should you, maybe your, your general practitioner is not it. What kind of doctor, what kind of resources should be, you be looking for to find out just what is going on with you? You um, should definitely see a
2: rheumatologist. That's a doctor Mm -hmm. um, of of the bones, and there's blood work that can be done um, Mm -hmm. to determine whether or not you have lupus. Now, see, with me, I'm a different case because I saw the dermatologist first because of my Mm face. So, of course, you know, from there, once it was determined that I had lupus of the blood, the the systemic lupus, I was... um, told to see a rheumatologist and Michelle, that's the doctor that I consistently see now every six months, mm-hmm. twice a year.
3: Mm-hmm. That's
2: the doctor that I consistently see. I don't see the dermatologist because I haven't had any flares of my skin, you know, but my rheumatologist, you know, checks my kidneys, make sure that, um, my blood work is, is in line with a healthy person, a normal person, you know, but they should definitely see, um, a rheumatologist. But, you know, there's some symptoms, you know, of course, that that leads up to um, you even seeing a rheumatologist. You know, if you're fatigued, and when I say fatigue, I don't mean just like, you know, the regular tired. Oh, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need a nap. I'm referring to the fatigue where you slept, um, what, eight, ten hours, and you wake up, and you're like, oh, I got to go back to bed. Mm-hmm. So it's just this lethargic fatigue. Um, that you may have, of course, as we've mentioned before, the hair falling out, um, pain in the muscles, you know muscular pain, um, if you have a dryness of your mouth or even um, sores sores inside of your mouth, you may want to um, see see a doctor, so you know there's like um, a list of different lupus symptoms that mm-hmm. um, should trigger you to say, oh, well, maybe we should go and see, you know, um, a rheumatologist or even urine, I'm sorry, um, protein in your urine. When mm-hmm. you urinate, if it's bubbly, see, I had that for a while. So, you know, if you look back in the commode and you see that it's bubbly, that's that may be protein in your urine. And see, I've, I've never experienced that until I was diagnosed with lupus. You know, so, right. And that's, that's the crazy thing, you know the um, symptoms are across the board.
3: Mhm.
2: You know, there are just so many um, symptoms that come along with lupus and a lot of tests. And you know, it's just important that you remain, um, you know, remain patient and don't get discouraged because, you know, I've had a lot of folks with lupus before the diagnosis. They just wanted to give up, you know. I don't want to go through so many tests. Well, I'm sorry, but these 15 vials of blood just might save your life. hmm so you mm-hmm. really have to remain an advocate for yourself
1: as well. I mean, you know, I can I can also, when you were talking about it, I could see you, you know, when they're doing the skin sample and then they're taking all this but Nobody wants to do that. You know, that's mm-hmm. the worst mm-hmm. thing. If they say mm-hmm. that, you know, and, mm-hmm. say, and, you know, you're sitting there and it's like, okay, here, here's another vial. But that's it. You have to advocate for yourself and you have to recognize mm-hmm. that this is about getting you well. I mean, this is about okay. finding out what it is so that you can thrive
2: hmm with, with lupus. No. with your disease, yeah. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that that is so true, Michelle. You know, we just, you know, because I, I do, I, I hear it a lot, even from folks that um, are in, in the middle of flares. It is difficult. You know, that's why we are warriors, because it's, it's difficult to go through. And like I said, you know, people around you just don't understand, and it's just costing so much money. And folks with lupus aren't lazy. They want to go back to work. hmm You know, but the situation is always just so touch and go. You know, will I feel better ten days ago? You know, will I feel feel better two hours from from now? I Michelle, mean, so I've literally been like fine in the morning, and 11:30 I'm in the ER. I mean, hmm. just that quick. Mm-hmm. Just, just, I mean, it just it just it just shows up. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's definitely one of those diseases that um is very extremely unpredictable. Extremely mm-hmm. unpredictable. And it does. It it takes a toll on not just the warrior but everyone that's around them.
1: So they come to Lupus Detroit, um mm-hmm. if you if you're you're you've got your diagnosis, if you come to Lupus Detroit, What exactly can they come to Lupus Detroit for? I know you've talked about assisting people with their rent Mm -hmm. and everything. What services does Lupus Detroit provide?
2: First, we provide a kind
1: atmosphere,
3: Mm.
2: a very loving atmosphere. We do have the support group meetings every fourth Saturday. And in the beginning of the meeting, we always say that you will leave this meeting feeling better than when you came. I don't see the purpose, Michelle, and folks coming to the meeting and feeling worse than when they stepped in, because not only does that say something about Lucas Detroit, but it also says something about me as the founder. Mhm. You know why, why would you want to go each fourth Saturday, after each fourth Saturday just to feel worse about your situation? That does that make sense. You didn't wasted two hours with us and some gas. You know, -hmm. it just Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. to me, you know. So at our meetings, you will always find support. Everyone is very kind. I mean, that's almost like a mandate, you know. You will always find interesting topics at our support group meetings. And outside of that, we also offer um, the emergency financial grants Mm
0: -hmm. that
2: that we review the applications the first of each month. Um, you know, the application is, is online, and I'm so happy to announce that we also have a scholarship, a $2,500 yearly scholarship for folks with lupus. The only requirement is that you have to have lupus and graduate from a Michigan high school and you mm-hmm. can be an undergrad student or graduate student. Wow. And that's being made possible by attorney... Um, Todd Russell Perkins. Unfortunately, he lost his wife in April of 2016, and so he's joined forces with us to um, award a scholarship in his wife's name.
3: Oh, that's beautiful.
2: He's he's, Mm -hmm. he's a wonderful guy. Yes, Jaton Perkins um, was his wife's name, and he started this scholarship, and her memory and that information is also on our website, lupusdetroit.org. So, you know, and and I know I keep going back to the point that Michelle we don't have a paid staff or office and we're getting this God's this work done. Mhm. You know, and people just find us and just seek us out and they just, you know, want to partner with us and we get it done. You know, it's just for lupus warriors. I'm just so excited. You know, our our goal you know, is always to have lupus be as large as um, cancer. Because mm. it's October you know it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month because everything is pink.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know everything is is pink. And May, you know, May is Lupus Awareness Month, and we would like for everything to be either orange or purple. You know, both mm-hmm. colors are accepted for Lupus Awareness. So we're just, you know, we're excited about what's to come, and things are only going to get better. You know, and we just so when want do
1: you, okay when do you have uh, the Lupus Walk? Is that the, what month?
2: And, yep, that's always the first Saturday in September. And we're going back to New Center Park um, this year. Mm-hmm. We're going back to New Center Park this year for the walk. And they're saying since it's our fifth anniversary, they want the gold to be $50,000 this uh-huh. year. Yeah, last year it was thirty, So I'm going to go back to my board and say, okay, y'all, you know, we're really going to shoot for this $50,000. So, yeah, and the walk is always wonderful. Each year it grows. You know, each mm-hmm. year our, our walk grows, and, you know, we actually have people in tears because they're just so happy that, um, that they found us, you know, and we're just happy to be there. Any way that we can assist Michelle, we're there. You know, if mm-hmm. folks need, you know, people to talk to, we'll match them up. You know, we have different um, psychologists, you know, that want to talk, that want to be of, of assistance because it's, it's always my truth that is will not slow anyone down. Mm-hmm. You know, it it just won't You know, it's just um, Time for lupus warriors to Come forth and claim their truth Because lupus does, it strips mm-hmm. you of so much You know, you're independent And, you know, keeping commitments As we discussed earlier You know, mm-hmm. so we just really want To be the go-to The source for people with lupus And their families and loved ones To get information that they need to make them um, To help them to be successful And live the quality of life that they want to live
1: so this is your fifth anniversary, and you're going to have the fifth anniversary gala. I'm looking forward to it at Motor City yeah. Casino. Mm-hmm. Um, who's yeah. going to be there? What are we going to see?
2: Yeah, May, May 20th at the um, soundboard inside, inside of the Motor City Casino. I went to school with Roy Wood Jr. He's a comic, and mm-hmm. he's on the daily shows with Trevor Noah. And,
1: and he is what, funny. <laughs> he, he's a
2: funny guy. And I had the opportunity to travel to Atlanta in um, in October as he taped his um, hour-long special for Comedy Central. And I remember Roy when we were students, you know, at FAMU, and he would be in the the ballrooms, you know, the different hotels, telling jokes. You know, just living out his dream. And see so those are the people that, that I, I admire, the Roy Woods of the world, the Michelle Browns of the world, who just follow their own star. You know, mm-hmm. they're not bound, for, you know, by these nine to 5s, but there are things that they feel they need to do in this life, and they do them. So I've always um, admired Roy for just following his dream. And I, I approached him and asked him if he would be the MC, and he jumped at the opportunity to do it for us. You know, just, just oh, a really great guy, a really great mm-hmm. guy. And I also got um, Brenda Jones, the Detroit City Council's president, and um, the Forever Fresh founder, Tanya Allen, you know, both Detroit born, to be mm-hmm. our um, co-chairs for, for the event. You know, mm-hmm. and they're so excited. Uh, Tanya was actually um, the speaker at last year's luncheon. And mm-hmm. did a phenomenal job and was so supportive. And she, I, I just love her story, Michelle. You know, how mm-hmm. she um, promised God that she would get Forever Fresh done, and she got it done. And I just really love her story. You know, everyone is familiar, you know, with Brenda Jones' story, how she wrote mm-hmm. that, you know, through the ring. She was the person that you would hear when you called information. She was the information girl.
3: <laughs>
2: uh, and, so, yeah. and so now, you know, just... Working, uh, you know, through the ranks and becoming um, the city council president because she truly does have a heart for people. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely I'm looking forward to you know you know it's a dinner. I'm a silent auction. Um, We're going you know have a DJ so people can just put that that thing to sleep. But you don't look sick because that's why I Mm -hmm. wanted the black tie. Yeah, I want a black tie affair so they can come and get all fancy and jazzy and we're going to have this gala and raise a lot of money so we can help a lot more people. I am thoroughly excited and the Motor City Casino, they're they're um a sponsor as well and um Etna and also United Healthcare. Mhm. So yeah, so they've signed on to be sponsors. Of course, we're still looking for sponsors, you know, um for the event. So we are thoroughly excited. You know, it's the first um Lupus Gala. In in Detroit, you
3: mm-hmm. know,
2: is, is the first one. So I'm just so happy that Lupus Detroit is able to host this event and put Lupus Warriors even further, you know, on, on the map. So I'm excited. I am, you know, I like dressing up anyway, Michelle. You know, that's right okay. down my alley.
1: Well, you know, and and it is, and I like dressing up. And you know what? You just you just make me think uh, of something that I would like to and donate to you. I have some fancy dresses you know from i used to go to oh. a whole lot of them and you know how you just sort of keep them and i always say oh well maybe i'll give them to some college you know high school things but you know what i know that there are some warrior divas oh, yeah. out there who want to go and the yeah. issue might be what am i going to wear mm-hmm. so i'm gonna get these dresses clean oh, and i'm gonna get them you. to you okay oh,
2: michelle um, thank you because you're so right you are mm-hmm. you're so on time. A lot of people want to go, and see. You know, some people are still um, afraid to say they can't go because they can't, you know, afford anything nice to wear. And everyone wants to look nice mm-hmm. at the
1: gala.
2: You know, mm-hmm. everyone you, you, you
1: want to be, you want to you want to come out and show out, and you know, yes. and so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, and I'll. I'll get with you offline mm-hmm. and make an arrangement to do it. And, you know, and I'm going to talk to some other people I know who might have some things like that, you know. So oh. that that's not going to that's not going to keep you from being there, you know. We're yes. going to make sure that
2: they're there. That you're there, that you're there and you're mm-hmm. representing you and you're looking and feeling how you want to look. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Michelle, bless you. Thank you so much because, yeah, I've, I've had people inquire, um, about if I knew anyone, you know, that was donating dresses. So I thank you so much. So you know,
1: much. it's just I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and you know, and I, in fact, I know a couple of them probably already are are in plastic clean, and you know, so I'm just going to get those to you, and we can make. In fact, maybe we'll just have to have a day where you put it out there, mm-hmm. and we have people bring and people come yeah. and get, and we just make away because you know, yeah. I often tell people the story like when um. Because I was raised Catholic, and when it came time for my first communion, my parents didn't have it. you know yeah, they didn't have it yeah. for the dress, and I was going to have to wear my uniform and my little shoes and mm-hmm. I recall mm-hmm. somebody who was there, you know one day after school, they said, "Come here," and in the room, they had a dress wow, that made my that made it you know I had a dress just like everybody else where at that one point, yeah, I would have been clean, I would have had on my uniform and gone, but it you know. I, I didn't want to go. And so
3: mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm.
1: ways that we can do this. And like you said, a lot of these are life issues. And, mm-hmm. you know, okay, all of this, um, mm-hmm. people can find out about the gala. They can find out about the grant application. Mm-hmm. All of this, I know, is on your, your website, which is org. Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah. For the scholarship, is there a deadline for that?
2: Yeah, the deadline is at the end of April.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, for the scholarship and all of that information is, is on the website as well. We're on Facebook, uh, facebook dot com slash lupus Detroit. We tweet, so we're on Twitter, twitter dot com slash lupus Detroit, and also Instagram. Mm. So yeah, inst- instagram dot com slash lupus Detroit. So you know, we just try to be as visible, you know, as, as we can. You know, we are. Present at a lot of health fairs throughout the community as well, and you know, Michelle, we're we're just excited. We are. We're we're just excited to uh, be five years into you know having a nonprofit and providing for Lupus Warriors, not just in Detroit but also in Michigan, and you know, we're grateful. We're extremely grateful about um to what God has provided for us and what he's going to continue to do for the organization and Lupus
1: Warriors. No, I think that is a that is just like I said, to me I am so happy to know you. Um to thank hear you. this and, and to get these to learn and understand about it. Um I know I'm more aware of it and, and I tell people about it and that they should be um thank you for what you're doing. Girl, you had two strokes, and you and you look good, girl. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Oh, I mean, I watch you. you on Facebook because you know tomorrow isn't promised to anyone, and you yes. take each and every day and you live it fully mm-hmm. and abundantly, walking and living your truth. And I think that, thank you. I think that that's the lesson. I mean, you know, anyone. I'm I'm so proud of you. Oh, um, thank you, Michelle. And like I said, Al. You know, you are doing great things. I'm happy to support Lupus Detroit. I will be there. I'm going to buy me a new dress. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, I, I yes. will be there, and I look forward to seeing your beautiful smile and giving you a big hug. Thank and you. I'm looking forward to supporting Lupus Detroit. Thank you. Michelle,
2: I, I appreciate you. And I see you on Facebook, too. Don't grab one of your feet either now. <laughs> I see you out and about. And that's what, you know, it, And that's what it's about, Michelle, and I always, um, you know, people people are so funny. You know, when it's their birthday month, I celebrate the all month and this and this and this. If you do it right, if you do life right, like Michelle, all you need is a day to celebrate your birthday. Live every mm-hmm. day like it's your birthday, every day. Life has told me with those two strokes, girl, you better live. Mm-hmm. Life waits for nobody. You know, and don't wait till birthday to do something or, you know, just do Just live like you and I do. They should take tips from us, Michelle. Just live like Sharon and Michelle. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not, you know, people are jumping there left and right, you know, left and right, you know. Mm-hmm. So just enjoy yourself. Smile, love, and be kind to everybody. But, oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah and I appreciate you. Well, thank you so much, uh, Sharon. Yeah. And, um, That's it for tonight. Thank you again for being my guest, for taking the time to talk and share your story and to help us continue to talk about lupus and let people become aware and know that there's a place, there's a community, there's support for you. So thank you again, Sharon. No problem. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. (laughs) Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to Collections by Michelle Brown. Again, you can find out more about uh, Lupus Detroit at their website, which is www.lupusdetroit.org. There's a Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, so please check it out. You can listen to current and archived editions of Collections by Michelle Brown on Blog Talk Radio, Stitchers, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week when I will introduce you to another amazing individual who's living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. That's right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you and good night.